going on, Geek Vibes Live? Um, I am your host, Jawan, and I am joined with Joel. What's up, guys? And we have a special edition of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, just so you guys know, we will still have the show Saturday. This is just a special edition. Right. Um, so don't get all freaked out. Right. Um, <laughs> tonight we have a very special uh, guest with us. Uh, screenwriter and Forbes contributor, the one, the only, Mark Hughes. Hello, guys. How's it going? Good, good, good. Um, we are just really excited and honored to have you. Yeah, um, we've been trying well, to have you, you on for the me longest. On. <laughs> Absolutely. We've been trying to have you on for the longest, and we finally got you. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. It's, uh, it, schedule gets a little busy sometimes, but I'm glad that we were able to make it work this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were waiting for this. Um, so we're definitely really excited. So if we sound like we're nerding out, it's because we are. Um, <laughs> all right. So before we get into um, some Wonder Woman talk and some DCEU talk, I would really like for you to let us know um, what what new things you're you're working on, like what's what's going on with you. Well, uh, I'm getting ready for this weekend. You know, Wonder Woman is uh, top 300 million, and it uh, looks like it's going to pass 400 million this weekend, uh, which is really terrific. It's it looks like it's going to have a tremendous hold and continue to dominate the box office. So I'm really happy for that. It's a great movie, and uh, it enjoys all the success it's having. Um, and I'm kind of getting some other some other things lined up as far as uh, DCU stories and uh, Marvel news and uh, some other things that are, that are in the works there. And I'm always working on uh, screenplays. So eventually you'll, I'll be uh, doing a show like this, talking about my own movie up there, hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll be right there to report on it. Um <laughs> No, but that's that's awesome. As, as someone as, as myself who enjoys writing um, scripts and stories, also um, I do look to people like you, and um, you definitely set the standard for uh, writers like myself to to follow. So I'll definitely be paying close attention to um, any projects you have coming out in reference to your screenwriting. And we usually always read your um, your articles. Sorry, I don't know well, why. Thank you. I appreciate that. Friend. Yeah, very not, good. Not a problem. Not a problem. And you did mention um, the success of Wonder Woman. Definitely. Which um, we have been hyping like crazy. Right. And what's so great about this is that we are in a time where this is just perfect. Um, I said it before: peace, love, and hope. That's what I got out of this movie. Um, and I think that's something that's very important for today's time, uh, where it's a lack of peace, love, and hope. Right. Um, Wonder Woman did more than just inspire women. Um, it inspired men also. I mean, this was just a beautifully made movie. Um, Patty Jenkins did a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. uh, Gail Godot um, really stepped outside of her, her shell. Um, you know, because she didn't have that, that large of a background of, of acting outside of a few things here and there. Um, so to lead in something was definitely stepping outside of what she's um, done before. Um, and Chris Pine is just like, to me, was like almost the backbone of that film. Fantastic. Um, but I'm curious to see, Mark, what you took from uh, this Wonder Woman film. Look, the thing that I really love the most about it is uh, the fact that they were able to really bridge the history of Wonder Woman, and they were they took you know there are, there are a lot of people have different preferences for this character. Uh, some people really prefer the stories where she's just this this tough kick butt uh, warrior, which she always is. But some stories kind of promote that view of her and her her kind of a more warlike nature and then other stories really push much more the idea of her as uh, an ambassador for peace and trying to bring about a change in the world and in humanity and I love the fact that this film was able to appeal to both sides of that coin so to speak and that she had two people in her life that were such important influences her mother and her aunt who 
both kind of imparted these different uh, different versions of different messages to her. Her mother telling her, you should never want peace. You should never want violence. It should be a last resort. War is not a glorious thing. War is only out of necessity in order to bring about peace. And then, you know, on the other hand, she was being trained by her aunt and, and told that you have to prepare for battle. Battle is inevitable. This is your destiny. And even you don't have you can go to war reluctantly, but sometimes you still have to go to war. And that the movie really merged those beautifully. And when we get to see Diana having that first experience of real, her very first experience of real combat is on that beach when she sees the the German troops invading and then an Amazonian gets shot and she Mm. sees this woman fall and die in front of her. And she's trained and she's had this whole, you know, this this history and this life uh, learning battle and learning warfare, but it's always been an abstract concept. She learned it in storybooks. She practices and trains. It's this thing that she sees as a glorious destiny. And it, but when she encounters it, it's this, it's terrifying and it costs the life of people that she loves, including her aunt. And then she goes out into the real world and sees war up close and increasingly the trauma of it and that war, the, the damage it does to innocent people and to children and I love the idea that she is she becomes both the ferocious warrior and the advocate of love and peace precisely because of her experiences with war and seeing everything that war encompasses. And the fact that the movie was able to portray that so well and that Gal Gadot was, was so perfect as that character and bringing that to life and showing that progression in her and that dawning realization about the nature of war and the nature of humanity. Uh, it just, it, that really to me is what I took home and that I continue to think about and mull over in my mind and really be impressed by in this movie. And that it was also dramatic and touching and emotional and yet also so fun. And that you're, it's, you're able to have fun and an entertaining time and to cheer while also experiencing these much deeper themes in the storytelling. No, I completely agree. Um, that was actually perfectly uh, said. I mean, that that's everything we, we took from from this movie. Exactly. Um, like like I said, it's so unique. And before we were hearing a lot of comparisons to First Avenger, right? And I think that's unfair to this film. Not to say anything bad about First Avenger. That's just how great this Wonder Woman uh, film was. I didn't leave First Avenger feeling. You know what I'm saying? I didn't feel as you, you know what I'm saying? Not, not as much heart. Not as much heart yeah. in that film as we got from Wonder Woman. Um, and like well, I, I said, this film... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Mark. No, no. Go right ahead. I was... Um, and w- what I was saying, the most important thing to me is um, this film, and I can't stress this enough, is not just a film for women. It is no. a film for all walks of life. Um, and because it touches each walk of life differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so for women, it did do something very unique for them. The milestones um, Patty Jenkins and Gail Goodell uh, accomplished with this film. Right. And for men, it should have done something also. Mm-hmm. Um, show us <laughs> yeah. how, um, how we can possibly be, um, especially in the eyes of women. Right. Um, so it, it did shed some light on all, on all aspects of life. So I, I want to stress that if you're this, you know, macho guy and you're like, no, I'll wait for like a Batman movie or Justice League. No, go see Wonder Woman. Go see it. Um, it is possibly my favorite, my second favorite superhero movie to date. Um, I, I'd say Logan is still number one, um, but Wonder Woman is right there. And it made me feel almost as much as Logan did. Had a lot of heart. What are your thoughts, Joelle? I thought it had, like you, what you guys are saying, it has so much heart. I didn't expect to feel as much as I felt <laughs> during this movie. Um, like we mentioned the other day, uh, it's just, I was impressed is what I was. Cause I didn't know what to expect. Obviously when you got all the good reviews coming in, I'm like, Oh, well, this is going to be really good. But you know, you have your own opinions. Mm-hmm. Everyone else has their own, but you never know what you're going to actually feel coming out of a movie. Mm-hmm. So I come, I go into it and then I come out with just like what Mark was saying. I, I was, it was funny. 
and it was also had a lot of feelings, and of course it had action. So it hit all the marks that I need in a movie, which I didn't expect out of a Wonder Woman movie. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it kind of kind of shocked me, if anything, even though I I was expecting it to do well, didn't expect it to do this well. Like I said, it, it it's milestones. It it really is, honestly. But we got a lot out of this Wonder Woman film that is more catered superhero-wise. Um, Ares, to me, was beautifully done. Mm. Beautifully done. We did agree. We we preferred the uh, black, right. the blackness in the face with the red glowing eyes. Definitely. I thought that would have been a lot better. Maybe less CGI. In less it, CGI yeah. in it. Um, Mark, what, do you, what were your thoughts on Ares? Uh, I like. I was really, really pleased with the fact that they didn't just go with a uh, an Ares who was the typical god of war, and that instead this was an Ares who. Well, I, I, I guess we better we better say spoiler alert. Hopefully, and nobody's listening to this who hasn't seen the film yet because we, <laughs> we're going to talk about and I'm going to discuss details of the plot. So, spoiler alert. This is your spoiler alert. Don't uh, don't be upset if you hear a spoiler after this because spoiler spoiler alert. Okay, there. So we're covered. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the fact that Ares, I'm very, I was very pleased that uh, Ares was kind. Of, he was right in a way that he's a villain. I like a movie where the villain has a, a, an outlook, has a perspective, and believes they're in the right with what they're doing, even if they recognize that what they're doing is. You know, is is bad or is destructive when they still at least say, "I'm doing this because I think it needs to be done or it's the right thing." So, you know, the stories about him and what he did—that he's the one who corrupted humanity. Well, obviously, that wasn't what happened. Zeus created humanity, and we were flawed. And then, it, rather than accept and note those flaws, it doesn't mean Ares, that Ares was correct in trying to wipe us out. But when he said we weren't worthy and we didn't deserve the earth and rebelled, uh, instead of admitting those flaws, the the fact that the story became, oh, no, they're not flawed, and it, it led to a war and the destruction of the gods. And it's fascinating to me that Ares' entire plan was really to just give humanity the option to give humanity the option to fight war and to be – he was aware of our bad nature and our worst tendencies, and he was there to whisper and to point the way toward bad things. But it was always up to human nature to decide whether to do it or not, and I appreciate the fact that the film didn't have him just being the person behind – you know, it could have easily been the general, or it could have easily been. Uh, there's a lot of ways it could have gone. Instead of Ares is the one proposing peace because he knows that in proposing an armistice, that humanity's nature will lead to more destruction and more warfare. That's what he's counting on, uh, and he has throughout history apparently that's what he's really done. He hasn't been responsible for creating the wars. Humanity creates the wars. He has just been here to point things out that make it easier, which, so he's guilty, but, uh, I, I liked that idea. I liked the complexity of that idea. And I liked that he was, he was hopeful up until the very end, you know, up until literally the last blow is struck. He is convinced that maybe Diana will change sides and that she just has to see what things are really like embrace her own nature as a demigod, and then she will join him, and that the two of them will take reclaim the earth, and that humanity is not worthy, and that she'll just let humanity wipe itself out. Uh, I was really pleased with that. I liked it, and I think it avoided a lot of cliches that could have, uh, that could have been done with the concept of a god of war, and I was really impressed that they avoided those cliches and went with something really different instead. I completely agree. It was a 360 from the animated movie, and that, that's, that's a compliment. That, that's not a knock at all. In a good way. In a good way. I completely agree. Ares pulled the, the blinds, uh, show Wonder Woman the actual world, and that man is what's, you know, it, it, they're what's responsible. It's not him. He plants the seeds, but they go out, and they're, they're what grows it. They're what cultivates it. 
Um, and I completely love that Patty Jenkins um, showed that, made us look at ourselves as, as human beings and that we're destroying the world more so than anything else. And to me, I also had like a weird God-Devil type of Absolutely. feel, too, where we were talking about the Greek gods, but it had a lot of, like, if you watch like the, the, like the description of like mm-hmm. back in the past, Right. Uh, describing the interactions between the gods and, and, and uh, Ares, and they, they really portrayed Zeus as the god, mm-hmm. and Ares as more as the fallen angel. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's kind of how I looked at it. It's yeah. kind of interesting. How it was great that. to see. Yeah. It was really great. We also, and I did say this, and then I completely um went back on it. I wanted that last scene where she came out of her office and then kind of like flew into the distance. I was like, that was like a perfect moment for Batman to be sitting like right outside and for them to just jump off together. Oh, God. I'm sorry. You know, I want Batman and everything. I get that, but you. I'm glad they didn't do that. I, I, I think it would have, this was Wonder Woman's movie, and I didn't think, I think it was good to leave it with, you know, she, the end is that she hears another call to duty and she jumps out the window and leaps off to fight and to do whatever it is that she's going to do. And that it's her. And I, I'm, you know, I, I'm a big Batman fan. Don't get me, you know, I love Batman. Uh, I, I've, I've loved Batman for decades and decades. And uh, but I don't think that I think it would have been misplaced to have included him right there at the end with her instead of letting her jump out there herself. Uh, I'm very, I'm glad that they went the route that they did. The one thing that confused me from that, though, right? Because that was present time when she was jumping into, yeah, yeah. into action. Living in France. One thing I want them to kind of dive into, and that can be on the Wonder Woman DVD. <laughs> in BVS, remember when we started seeing Doomsday just trash all of Gotham? Oh, yeah. Now, there was a point where she was like, nah, I'm, this, is, this has nothing to do with me. I'm out of here. And she went to go board the plane to leave. Right. To let you know, let them fend for themselves. She didn't know. I want to know. No, no, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not necessarily um saying, like, she shouldn't have done that or whatever. I just want to know what in between, turned her off. what turned her off from not wanting to get involved? What made her say, this isn't my battle, I'm out of here? Good question. What, what are your thoughts on that, Mark? Well, I think I think what Patty Jenkins has said is that Wonder Woman turning away was not about and saying that she was, you know, about not getting involved was not literally that she just went and became a hermit and rejected humanity entirely. It was that uh, they're kind of they're kind of softening that a bit and saying she wasn't yeah. going to be Wonder Woman out there with the sword fighting humanity's battles. She was instead going to work as, a, in, work as an ambassador for peace, try to do things behind the scenes. She was collecting artifacts slowly over the years. She's been doing other things, keeping tabs. And if you think about it, she was there in World War I, and then she saw the atrocities and realized, okay, it's, you know, it's not – humanity doesn't just need – Right now, at least, humanity wasn't at a point where the problems it faced were gods anymore coming in and doing these things. Humanity's problems were its own. Within it, it was its conflicts with itself. And so rather than having a demigod with a sword come out and be jumping on every battlefield and intervening in everything, she decided to step back and try to find another way and to try to, to do what needs to be done to help humanity find a better path forward without having to be in a costume as a superhero. And until the events of Man of Steel, if you think about it, that's the first – that's the aliens. That's when the world – oh my gosh, there's aliens. There's a big global threat. That's the first time that happens. So in between World War I and that happening, all of the conflicts and things she would have got involved in were basically – would have just been humanity war war between different factions of humanity, and that's what she's saying. She was going to step back and not directly meddle as a demigod in trying to fight our battles for us and solve them in costume. Now, however, she's in Batman versus Superman, and here is an alien creature brought to Earth and revived. It's another. It's a thing. A different thing entirely. The world has changed. It's no longer just humanity against humanity. This is something entirely different. This is a monster born on another world, brought to Earth, destroying Earth. 
and she knows at that point that it's time for her to come back and that humanity does need a champion and does need champions who are more than just mortal humans to fight these battles. And that's what brings her out of her, you know, self-imposed retirement of the costume, so to speak. And I think that's why, and of course, the Wonder Woman movie at the end when she jumps out the window, that's a scene that takes place after Batman versus Superman. She already knows Bruce Wayne. They've already defeated Doomsday. So that scene takes place after she's revealed herself to the world again and has now decided to re-engage humanity. And for all we know, she could be leaping out the window because what she's hearing she knows is the sound of something related to what's going on in Justice League. You know, we don't know. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I would I would say this. We did see a clip in the Justice League trailer where it seems like she was fighting in a museum of some sort. I'll be at work. That could have been at her job. Absolutely. She could have had to bring into action at her job. Um, yeah. speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of Justice League, I wanted to ask, and if, if you can't necessarily get into it, that's, that's not a problem. I just have to ask. If you had to range between one to ten, what number would you give on the possibility of us not only seeing Hal, but Darkseid in this first Justice League? Hal Jordan? Hal Jordan. Um, Darkseid is easier to gauge. Uh, Darkseid, I mean, he's not the main villain, obviously, that shows up in the movie. There's going to be glimpses of him. Uh, I think that the amount we see of him is less maybe than what you might expect uh, or what maybe what fans who, if you're hoping for a movie that like surprise dark side is in this movie and he's the big villain, that's not, you're not, you're not getting that. But uh, as far as how Jordan is concerned, I, I mean, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to be coy. I don't want to pretend that I know more than I do, but I also want to be careful about like, you know, there's, right now there's, there's additional filming going on. Uh, there's a lot of talk about what could or couldn't be in the, in that footage. And I don't want to really say things that, that, that speak one way or the other to what's in that footage. But my, my expect, I would say right now, they're going to get around to the green lantern, I mean, he's in the DCU. If you've seen Wonder Woman, then you know he's in the opening when they have their yeah. their opening DC stuff. He's the, he's there. You know, they don't have a bunch of other characters that are not mentioned yet for films, and that we have. You know, he's the only one that's in that mix that's actually not in Justice League and um, not a member of Justice League as far as at this moment. You know, in the movie, so uh, he's out. He's out there, and he's gonna show up. So. The the only question is when he makes his first appearance, and uh, I think that I think he, he's not. I mean, if you're thinking that he might be a secret, like additional character in Justice League, he's not that. Uh, if you think, if you know, if people are thinking, are we going to see a hint about the Green Lantern Corps or something in Justice League? Then that's a possibility. Uh, I mean, it's. You know, it could happen. It could be in there. They put Easter eggs and hints in, you know, previously. But then again, they're working on the Green Lantern movie. There's a project out there, but how soon it moves forward? You know, they've got a lot of projects. So I don't think I don't think that they're going to introduce uh, anything until they're really ready to introduce it. No, I completely understand that. I mean, me and Joel also pointed out in that uh, the opening. Amazing. We also amazing. It, it kind of reminded me of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, uh, and regular. Like, yes, and regular. So beautiful. Yeah. We also pointed out, and Mark, I'm curious if you noticed this at all. We saw just a, a still shot. We didn't go back and watch the video over. We kind of noticed there were two Green Lanterns, more. and in the background, me and Joel spotted what we assume could possibly be Atrocitus. Maybe. That's what we were. Say, can we you were say that again? Of. I didn't quite. What? Can you say that again? What? Oh, I apologize. We were saying we saw more than just Hal Jordan in the still, and what we saw um, in the background was Atrocitus. Maybe. Or what we believe to be Atrocitus. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it plays <laughs> out. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, there's more than that. I saw Mogo in that. Yeah, track. Mogo is in there. Also, Swamp Thing. <laughs> I think it looks like Swamp Thing. Yeah. Swamp Thing. Oh, Nightwing. Nightwing was clear as day. Yeah, there's a couple people yeah. that were clear as day. Clear as day. Shazam, yeah. Black Adam was clear as day. My biggest question yeah. to you, Mark, is since we know we're if getting you're seeing a... characters in any characters you saw there, it's reasonable to expect you're going to see them in live action. I'll say that. <laughs> right. In one way or another. And a part of me teared when you said that. Yes, right? <laughs> So my biggest question, and this is a question I've been waiting to ask you since we first started emailing each other. Now that we've seen, uh, not Justice League, I'm sorry, BVS, and we kind of see the relationship Bruce and Diana are growing to have together. Right. Do you think, and this is just purely opinionated, I'm not asking you to scoop speculation, I'm not asking you to scoop anything or anything. Do you see, and this is a two-way question, a love triangle between Clark, um, Diana, Bruce, and Diana, or no, possibly <laughs> no, on that possibly hold on, possibly Bruce, Diana, and then out of nowhere in Batman's um, trilogy that we're gonna get, mm-hmm. Selena Kyle. No, I don't believe. <laughs> I don't think anyone should expect a love triangle with Wonder Woman and Batman to happen. Uh, I, it, there's not a. In my understanding, as far as I understand it, uh, she's not. They're not going to try to. They're not going to play uh, a, a romance angle in in that way with this. Uh, so, as of right now, I would say. No, and now with Superman, uh, is it possible it could go in that direction eventually? I mean, in just in this first Justice League movie, no, but uh, is it possible that eventually they might go in that direction since that did come up in the comics? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll eventually, you know, go in that direction with it. But I don't think uh, I don't think that anyone should be anticipating a love triangle with Wonder Woman and one or two of the other superheroes or uh, between Wonder Woman uh, and a superhero and then uh, some other uh, superhero or villain character. I, I, I get that. To me, what, the reason why I wanted to ask that so much, we see in the comics uh, Batman and Catwoman being engaged, or him at least proposing. Now. Uh, th- no, no, that is now. And also me and this is just my opinion it seemed as though diana and bruce were growing to be more than just co-workers um it seems like there was something there right and because we haven't seen a batman story yet we have no idea who he's involved well we did see in bvs that he's kind of like keeping around he had a model in his head that's bruce wayne that's just him being bruce wayne we have no idea who he's actually interested in i i Listen, yeah, I know you don't like I'm a conspiracy uh, theory. I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I feel as though we might see yeah. the end of Lois come yeah, okay. Justice League or sure. you just don't like Man girlfriends for some reason. I, don't know. I just don't like Lois. <laughs> That's just me. Um, but no, I, I completely understand that, and it does make perfect sense that they wouldn't want to go that route. We don't even have that route in the MCU, right? Of a love interest, no, let alone a love triangle, no, exactly. at all. So I, I completely agree with them staying away from that. But I do feel as though Batman should be with either Catwoman or Diana. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be in your face, but I would like them to hint that he he does have knows? somebody. And who knows? Maybe that's exactly where it'll go. Well, right. Wonder Woman's um, Wonder Woman. Well, uh, Catwoman's going to show up in the DCU. Um, I don't think that's. I don't. I don't think that's a secret. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody generally knows that she's come up and that there's talk about her. And she's. We're going to see Catwoman in the DCU, and we're going to see, you know, Batman has now what kind of relationship they choose to have him develop with her, uh, remains to be seen. This is set, you know, further in the future. So, and I don't really know if they're going to go with a, a Catwoman who's been around as long as Batman has, or almost as long, and that they have a long-lasting relationship. I, I hope they do. I think that's the smart route, and I would prefer that to seeing them go with a young Catwoman with this middle-aged Batman. Uh, but whether you know, I I would ex- I'll say I would ex- I very much expect the relationship Batman has with Catwoman is going to reflect the long-standing modern relationship we've seen, where they've had a lot of back and forth, that they have a complicated relationship. 
that she was a criminal and then sometimes an anti-hero and sometimes an ally with him, but that they've done this dance for a long time and maybe they haven't spoken in a while. Maybe that relationship was never consummated or maybe it was and they dated for a while and split up. But I think there'll be a history there between Batman and her. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I always think it's good to have relationships between these characters and to have a mature adult kind of context for them and for their lives and not to just make this, you know, a, a simplistic action driven or just cartoonish. But I also don't think that we need to see, I don't want them to just shoehorn a romance in just because it's expected. I mean, I think it's good to, I don't think that Batman has to have a love interest in every movie. We've, you know, we've been through that in the past and, it's worked out to varying degrees of, you know, success. So uh, I, I'm not going to mind if we have a movie where Batman is and Bruce Wayne is still dating around, but doesn't have any firm commitment to, you know, in a relationship or a love interest or a love triangle or anything like that. Yeah, I can maybe agree. maybe Talia will be there. I mean, you know, I I I, I, am, I don't think with Talia having been in the Dark Knight Rises and with, you know, the, the Arrow TV show kind of co-opting the whole, that whole aspect of Batman comics, I don't know if they're going to introduce yet another iteration of, of Talia in live action soon, but it's possible. I mean, it's, you know, if it, as long as it's done well, I think it'll work. So I don't expect that, but just hypothetically, I think there's a lot of options out there before they, before we see Batman, and Diana having any kind of romantic interest. Maybe I'll be completely wrong, but I don't think so. (laughs) No, I I completely see where you're coming from. I was, I guess I'm just looking at it from a sense of, I could, I could picture wishful thinking (laughs) and I could picture um, a much younger Selena Kyle and Bruce pushing her away once Jason younger died. or just younger? No, no, younger. Younger. Yeah, I, I don't mean like I don't mean like Batman's in his forties and she's twenty six. <laughs> no, um, reasonable. I'm talking. Oh, okay. Because um, I can picture after Jason died, he pushed Dick away. Yeah. He pushed um, Selena away. My God, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he, he doesn't want anyone that close to him, so a, he just kind of goes from a model to a model because it's something you can kind of just. You know, disregard, and you don't have to bring into this world. Well, that was always that somebody. That's what could... he would do in the past. Anything. Right, absolutely. But and this is an older Bruce Wayne. I know, but it's at so... this time was more. I'm not gonna say settled down, but was more <laughs> I get what with saying. somebody rather than just. He's more close I'm off. with all of Gotham. Gotham. He's broken. Like if you watch right. BBS, he's not. He's a very broken. broken man now, and and obviously right. after BBS, kind of awoken again. But that's what I'm interested in seeing after Justice League he's given more hope. Right. So I'm, you know, we'll see a more, not matured, but a lighter side right. of Batman. More traditional. Is, more <laughs> traditional. That if not for the likelihood of, you know, Wonder Woman, Superman, we would have still had this dark night that was literally going to like put you in a coma. Right. <laughs> right. You're definitely going to see a different Batman. I can, I can promise you that this, the Batman that, that they're, the Batman that they want and that they're, that they've created going forward in the DCU is a Batman who regrets that he had become so violent and dark. He's going to be, I mean, these in, you're going to see in justice league and then in the Batman movie, uh, you're going to see him like literally dealing with and addressing his actions and his, the, the extremism that, that took place, uh, in his actions, for very good, which was had took place for reasons in uh, uh, Batman versus Superman. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, I yeah. that's perfect, and that's how it should be. You're you're showing the growth of a character who went to a side he swore he'd never go to. Right. So it's good to see him resurrect himself from that, address it, and then move on from and, and become a better person because and of deal it. with the rest, you know. Right, because we don't know how many years he has been like that. Right, we don't. We don't know. We don't have a timeline. We don't have a time frame. All we know is when we saw BVS, he was putting people in coma. We don't know how long Robin's <laughs> right. been dead. We don't know how long Robin's been dead. You know, a lot of, a lot of things. Which is very interesting because it goes to the point you made, Mark, about um, Talia possibly being a um, a way they could go as far as a love interest. Mm-hmm. I always told people because they said I was crazy, and I always said. 
now that we know Jason Todd exists, yeah, it is a little justified. <laughs> now that we know that Jason Todd exists, if they ever do a Red Hood, you have to then introduce Rayshall Ghoul. That's how he came back. I mean, you don't necessarily have to introduce Talia. I'm just saying, Raish Al Ghul, and I'm not even saying he has to be in the movie. He could be dialogue. But you do then have to introduce that he exists. Well, it depends. That's all There's I'm... a lot of ways they could go with it. I think, I, my guess, I imagine they would definitely use, uh, if they get into it, which I don't think is the case, uh, uh, if they get into it, then. Hi, that whole backstory about Jason Todd coming back to life, uh, yeah, they probably would because they're they're kind of really they're trying to stick close to a lot of the comics that inspire these stories. So I'd imagine they would they would probably go with that. But hypothetically, they don't necessarily have to. They could mention a Lazarus Pit, for example, without mentioning Roz. Uh, they don't have to mention Raz uh, was involved in that at all. They, just the reference to it. On the other hand, you know, he's clearly not around yet. You know, I, I don't think Jason Todd exists as as a as the Red Hood in this DC universe, and I'm not sure if he ever will. There's a lot of talk back and forth because that's such a favorite among fans, but it's not necessarily. You know, the majority of people who see these movies have never read a comic book and have never seen even the animated adaptations. So they don't right. know, you know, who he is. The person they know who the, they know who Dick Grayson is. Maybe uh, some of them might because of the old Batman TV series, and because there were been, bat, you know, there was a Batman movie that had Dick Grayson as Robin. You know, there were a couple of those. So it's possible that they might recognize the name Dick Grayson, and they know who Robin is. But I don't think the idea of Jason Todd is something that most. I think most people would be like, "What? There was more than one Robin?" You know, they'd be kind of surprised. So we'll right. see where they go with it, you know. Absolutely. And me, as someone who desperately wants uh, Under the Red Hood, I prefer Damian Wayne over Jason Todd. And the reason why as is Robin. because – As Robin. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the reason why I prefer that is because we've seen him be broken down from losing uh, somewhat of a son. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, distancing himself from everybody outside of Alfred, because you need Alfred. Right. And now, all of a sudden, has a kid. Has a kid in his life. I think it's a possible storyline. Right. Like, it, it fits in this, this current storyline of Bruce Wayne's really life. Depending on where they go with the Batman, I, right. I feel like you could – they're going to do Nightwing. We right. know they're going to do a Nightwing movie, a Batgirl movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, basically, Jason Todd has been introduced with, with right. the, the the Robin costume mm-hmm. all burnt up. So they could go the under the Red Hood route and have a Red Hood and possibly Damien down the road if that's the case because right. of the connection with Al Gore. The only one I've been getting screwed out of this is probably Tim Drake. No, Tim Drake. Oh, Tim Drake. Yeah, no, no, I I don't think the world's ready for that. I'm going to be completely honest. We haven't seen a live-action Nightwing. We haven't seen a live-action Batgirl, and it's it's going to be Tim Drake. I honestly would go a step further and say I don't believe we'll see a Jason Todd um, Red Hood in this uh, DCEU universe. I I, I really don't. I'll see. I really don't. Only because it's it's overkill. I see Damien being that piece. And we have Nightwing, and as soon as they announced Batgirl, I was like, that's that Jason Todd spot. I, I feel as though that's that Jason Todd spot. I don't I feel think Red would have his own movie. No, no, no I just mean in reference of introducing that storyline in that Batman yeah. world. It is overkill. It is overkill. I don't, I don't disagree I mean, because picture how spoiled we're going to get. Now that we have Barbara Gordon, you know the first thing people are, are, are saying? What? They now want Killing Joke. Well, yeah, Killing Joker. Right. Well, you know, we've heard that it's going to be post-Killing Joke. Exactly. So, um, you know, getting Killing Joke and Under the Red Hood, we just be spoiled at that point. Right. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's be glad we're, we're getting Batman's sidekick done right. At all. Or <laughs> at all. Absolutely. But to transition a little bit, Mark, biggest questions we have are, we just heard news, Suicide Squad 2 could be going into production. And me and Joel keep scratching our heads because last time we checked, they don't have a director. So, <laughs> at least yet, or that we know of as the public. So, what keeps confusing us is going into production usually is something that's led by the director. So, are we pretty much left out of the loop, or is it true that they still don't have a director and they're still looking? Well, keep in mind, uh, 
what's been said is that the film is expected to go to st- start shooting in 2018. Okay. Uh, right. which is about what everybody – it was kind of what was expected. Originally, the, the desire, the hope was that uh, Gotham City Sirens would get into production sometime this year if possible so that it might be able to release in 2018 if it was ready in time, and that would give them two movies next year. And that the uh, the Suicide Squad sequel would then go into production the following year, 2018, and – now Guardian, uh, uh, I'm sorry, now uh, Gotham City Sirens, it looks like, I mean, it's not impossible for it to get into production this year, but it's looking increasingly unlikely at this point because David Ayer, of course, he, you know, he's, I think he's still doing, I don't know if he's finished post-production on Bright or if he's still doing that, but then he's got Scarface coming up as his next movie, and Margot Robbie is busy now, and... Uh, I, I don't like to talk about people's personal lives and stuff, but I don't think it's a secret that she's talked about wanting to have a baby and that she and her husband are planning to have a child uh, sometime as soon as possible, basically. So she's got a project, and then she may be there, there may be a baby involved on the way. Who knows? And I, I, I don't want to spread a rumor about that. I'm just saying it, that's hypothetically something if those discussions or if that, if what I've heard about that is true and that's just, that's pure rumor. Uh, but if those things are true, if, if then she's clearly there, there are other considerations. So it doesn't sound like suicide squad is going to be or uh, Gotham city sirens would be going into production this year necessarily. If so, it would be later this year, uh, late this year. So, at any rate, uh, Suicide Squad 2 going into production in 2018, that's, we're still talking about, I mean, this is June, so there's still the rest of this month and then another six months of this year and then a couple of months, two or three months at least, at the start of next year at the earliest before it would probably get started, you know, if it even got started by April uh, of next year. So there's plenty of time to get a director. The, the point is they have, they're working on the script now. They're trying to get people schedules, figure out what the scheduling is. Uh, they have a general time frame in mind. They haven't, this isn't finalized. It's not formally said. It's not on a calendar yet that this is exactly when, you know, they're not going to do that until they know for sure. This is all just expectation and what the plan is. And, uh, so it can change if if necessary. But at this point, it's, you know, they don't have a director attached and uh, not anyone who's signed yet as far as we know, but that could, that could change as we're talking. It could be that we get off the phone and they've just announced a director because sometimes yeah. that's how this stuff happens. So, uh, no, Suicide Squad 2 has plenty of time. I expect it will get into production next year, yes. Uh, I think that they'll, with as many months as they have to get into production, I think that they've got plenty of time to do it. So, uh, and that's certainly after the success of the first film, that and then Gotham City Sirens and The Batman are definitely projects that are looking at being fast-tracked. Uh, so those, I think, are projects we will see in production next year. And possibly there's still the, the outside chance that Suicide uh, Gotham City Sirens rather could get into production late this year. I just don't really – I don't expect it to happen, but that's a project that's really been kind of – you know, it, 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 I think it just depends on how a lot of things shape up at this point. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. And like you like you said, and it's a great point, out of nowhere we can that <laughs> they selected a director. That's usually always how it works, especially for us. Uh, surprise. <laughs> yeah, surprise. So speaking of David Ayer, he dropped something that sent the world in the spiral. He just out of nowhere just dropped a nugget of a photo of Black Mask and just left it there. There's nothing else about it. Now, everyone assumes that that was going to be the main villain of Gotham City Sirens. I keep yeah. disagreeing. I keep disagreeing. I think he put that out because he's a fan of, of the villain. He put that out because we are getting that villain soon. And I have a huge feeling that Black Mass will lead into Bloodhaven and will be the main focus for our Nightwing film. Um, I could be completely wrong. I have no issues if I am. 
I just feel as though Black Mask fits more fits more for Nightwing and Bloodhaven. Uh, Mark, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> the, I mean, I think it's possible. I, I, it, I'd be surprised. I mean, I'll tell you, I think that it was a reference to Gotham City Sirens. He was, you know, kind of working on lining up that project, and then to just put it out there with no comment was clearly, I think if, his, if it was just he's a fan of the character and some other filmmaker is going to do that, then uh, I think, uh, I don't know that we would have seen, I don't know that a director of a different film would be tweeting out a, uh, I, I think Chris McKay might be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> so I, I th- considering the Nightwing project is something that's not, I mean, it's only just getting kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's in the works and it's in development, but it's not so far ahead that they would, that David Ayer uh, would necessarily, I mean, it's not impossible, but I doubt that it would be so far along that David Ayer would be uh, at the point of knowing who a main villain was and tweeting out images of the villain from the movie. Now, maybe, maybe he likes that villain and he did it hoping, and it was like it's an inside joke between him and and uh, Chris McKay or him and somebody else, or him and just DCU in general, just like hey, somebody should do this. But I, the fact that he just that he put it out there and the timing of it in particular being at the, you know around the timing that we knew you know it was kind of within that window of time that the talk of uh, Gotham City Sirens ramping up and all that I think that it's I think we're going to see Black Mask and Gotham City Sirens or at least I think David Ayer maybe intends uh, Black Mask at, at the time he tweeted that out maybe Black Mask was part of it or he intended to include Black Mask in it that's my guess. But I don't. I'll be. I honestly don't know. Right, and like I said, if I'm wrong, I'm completely fine with it. I just want Black Matt, um, and I'm gonna put it out there. Guy Pierce, uh, if you're not busy, give DC a call so you can be our Black Matt. I feel as though he fits it like a glove. Um, that's just my opinion. Guy Pierce, to me, that that's who I've always pictured as is my Black Matt. Uh, Tell me he wouldn't be almost. Who is it? Who did you say? Guy. Guy Pierce. Oh, Guy Pierce. Yeah, he's been uh, yeah. he's been a fan favorite on that for a while. Uh, I think he I think he's uh, he's a good option. Um, I uh, I I try to avoid fan casting anymore just because uh, I've had I've been usually I'm hit or miss, but lately I've been I've been fair I've been really successful at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few really. I've had a few really good uh, uh, on the nose picks, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and uh, but yeah, I'd be uh, Guy Pierce is uh, he's one of a lot of different names. It would be really good for that, so I would I would definitely uh, wouldn't would not object to seeing him in the role. Absolutely. I've always thought of Guy, Guy Pierce and 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 uh, John Hamm uh, are two oh, of my John my Hamm. picks for uh, Two Face actually, or for Harvey Dent. I really oh, want to see yeah. Harvey Dent, and, and I want to see Harvey Dent in a, a series of Batman movies where he's Harvey Dent before before he becomes Two-Face. But I think I don't think we're going to see that because I think we're at the point in the DCU and in Batman's career where Two-Face is one of the people he was talking about, I, I imagine, when he said how many people have been good and stayed that way. So. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. No, completely. And we know that story from The Dark Knight. Oh, they already used exactly. They already used that. I think they're gonna try to go for uh, characters that have never been seen before. Or haven't seen in a very long. Time. Or haven't been seen in a very long time. Um, before before we let you go, I just want to really quickly touch on um, my favorite superhero of all time, Batman. What? Wait. Before before I just want to touch on Batman really quickly before um, we get okay. into starting to end the show. Um, I. We heard reports of Joker, Deathstroke, and who was the third one? Was it, um, uh, I can't remember the third villain, um, but it was Deathstroke and Joker is, is the, the headliner. Scarecrow. Scarecrow, thank you. Um, potentially being uh, three out of the, I don't know how many they were going to aim for right. um, as the, the so big bad. But have you heard anything further from that story? 
regarding um, what's going on with the Batman as far as with no, their those ideas. Rumors, I'll, I'll say that you can – at this point, you can ignore any rumors you're hearing about this supposed – there's all these characters, also this character, and also, you can ignore – Anyone who's posting anonymously on a message board claiming that they've read the script and know that there's three or four or a bunch of villains, that's – you can discount that. <laughs> uh, that's, first of all, that's, those are – every time a movie's been – think back since 2005, how many, bat, how many times has a Batman movie come out where the claim has been that, oh, there's going to be a bunch of cameos of all these different rogues gallery villains, and we're going to see this and the Mad Hatter, and we're going to see him in Arkham Asylum? We hear that over and over. And even – I mean, I'll, and I'll tell you, even sources that were you know, kind of drifting around the perimeters of the studio sometimes will say stuff like this. I mean, it was at one point Michael Caine said that uh you know in famously in an interview said that uh johnny depp was going to be the that they were going to try to get johnny depp as the riddler uh and that you know uh penguin was going to be in the movie and and that was that he didn't hear that from the studio he literally heard that from online fan rumors and repeated it and then it seemed to reinforce the rumor when it was so no if, if anyone's telling you that they know right now that those characters, uh, anyone besides Deathstroke was originally confirmed and was in the original story outlines and in the original drafting of the, you know, the, that first script, which is not the script at this point. And that's, you know, people, the, the movie's been rewritten and it's going to be at the point that uh, Matt Reeves comes aboard. He has joined projects in the past, and he, you know, with with uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. When, as he's a filmmaker who has a, a vision for a character, he's not just a director for hire kind of guy. He's not just going to step in just to fill, just to to create a product and hand it over. Uh, he's going to want to have say in what's done, and he's going to want to develop that story. That doesn't mean he's going to demand the whole thing be rewritten. It doesn't mean he's going to throw out everything that's been done or say I don't want these villains or whatever. But at this point. I would say you shouldn't assume anything that you've heard so far is necessarily going to remain true once the once we get past the you know August point when he is able you know when he'll be basically finished with his work on and on promoting and everything else for Dawn of the Planet or for War of the Planet of the Apes which looks amazing uh, at that point he's going to be turning his attention you know slowly and when he when he's ready toward the Batman. It doesn't mean in August he's going to do it. It doesn't mean September. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll wait till next year to turn fully to it. But it, the yep. point is that project is going to change. So, no, uh, you should not assume Scarecrow – you should not assume that the anonymous posters on a message board who said Scarecrow is one of the villains, you should not assume that's true. Now, I'll say I've heard for – actually for more than a year that they wanted the Joker to have a role in the movie. And I heard even when it was being written that there was something with the Joker in the movie, but I don't know for sure. I never confirmed that. I just heard it from enough people who, and it, it kind of synced up with things I'd heard in the past from other people. So I suspected that they did want the Joker in the movie, whether that remains true or not. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens, but, you know, I don't even know if Deathstroke will still be in the movie at this point. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. And Joe Manganiello doesn't know either. So if he doesn't know, <laughs> message boards definitely don't know. Um, right. Last question. Last question we want to get into because it's a fa it's a favorite of of Joel's, and he definitely wants to uh, hear your take on it. What have you been hearing, definitely dark wise? Like what's going on with that project? Uh, well, obviously, uh, <laughs> it's, it's obviously not m moving full speed ahead at the moment with, uh, you know, it's lost the director and which in my opinion, I, I love Doug Lyman and I love, uh, I love his movies. So I'm sure he would have done a good Justice League Dark, but I actually would be much more excited for him to do a Green Lantern movie or another movie in the DCU. So uh, I'm hoping that he, he'll move on, do another project and come back and do something else in the DCU maybe. Okay. But yeah. uh, for Justice League Dark right now, I know that they want to move forward on that project, but 
it's had a couple of different screenplay iterations. It's had a couple of directors and it's a project that I think, uh, I mean, honestly, it's, I know a lot of people insist that that's a project that they are committed to and that they're trying to get moving. But I also, in my heart, I kind of feel like this seems to me to have all the earmarks of a project that maybe is going to kind of go slow and is going to, that we're going to keep seeing put, changes and changes and rewrites or something like that so hopefully that won't happen but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not assuming that there's going to be any movement on it until I hear that they've got another director with a vision for this project coming in and that they have a screenplay that's finished that the director has agreed to and has signed on to and that they're actually really actually moving forward with the project so we could pretty much say the same thing about the flash right the Flash is a little bit – they want to get the Flash moving. I mean, the, the, the re, there's been a lot of movement on that, and I said, you know, last year and this year I've been saying that that's a project that was, gonna, that was having problems, that it kept being stalled. I expected it would be delayed further. Uh, I said late last year and again earlier this year that I didn't – that I, I knew it wasn't going to get in production in time for 2018 and I suspected it would not really get into production until 2018. Uh, so unless they suddenly something really changes this year, that's a project I think that we'll see postponed and, but I know that they want to make it and they are really trying to find, and they're, they're really looking, I mean, look at who they're talking to, you know, uh, I think, uh, I think it's public that Rain, that Sam Raimi and Mark Webb are not in the running anymore, right? I think everybody right. knows that they kind of bowed off yeah. the project. So it seems to be, uh, you know, and Zemeckis had meetings, but then he had a, his his schedule didn't allow. But if the project itself is not ready anyway, and if they haven't right. decided on someone like Matthew Vaughn to come in or Edgar Wright maybe, you know, or Mimi Letter, then if those folks aren't, interested and aren't going to be doing the project if warner's willing to wait for zemeckis then that could still actually happen after all which would be pretty incredible you know yeah i mean i'm going to be completely honest wait for wait for zemeckis and keep matthew vaughn in your pocket for man of steel part two that's what i want that that's literally (laughs) your 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 best options to make both of those movies the best they possibly can can be Edgar wright to me is Edgar wright is I'm sorry, not Edgar. Matthew <laughs> um, Vaughn? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm so, no, Mark Robert. did say um, right. Was was one of the the names? The Sam Raimi and Mark Webb. No, and then he went on to say um, right, right, Mark. Well, you were mentioning Edgar Wright, right? I mentioned Edgar Wright. Yeah, I said right. you know hypothetically that there was that you know Matthew Vaughn or Edgar Wright or other people that could also that you know. Uh, I don't think Edgar Wright Fumble is is in talks with them to do it, but I'm just no. saying hypothetically, if Zemeckis, oh. if Zemeckis, if they get somebody else, you know, before Zemeckis is ready, then that's one thing. And I know that they want this project to get in; they're ready to get this project going, but it's still being written and it's still being finished. Yep. So it's not like they're going to start in the next couple of months anyway. Nope, right, right, just right. wait for Zemeckis. This so yeah, maybe they'll ever- wait for him. Absolutely, they should, and then they should reach out to um, Matthew Vaughn for for Man of Steel Part Two. Right. I mean, he I feel as though he's one of those directors that's like born to direct that kind of film. Yeah, and he, he wanted to fit Man of Steel he Part Two. He wanted to so direct well. Man of Steel, so do it. It's Give it to him. He wanted it at one point. Bring it. Give it to him. I tell you what, if Kingsman Part Two does as well as it as it should in the box office, yeah. there should be nothing keeping you from from signing. I know Matthew they want him. Right? They have to want him. You have to. I know it won't happen. I mean, I'll be surprised if it happens, but I still hold out hope that Peter Jackson or Steven Spielberg, if you, if you really want to blow everybody's minds, back a Brinks truck up to Steven Spielberg's house or Peter Jackson's house and tell them, we want you to come aboard and do a Superman movie. You've never done one. You know, it's, it's at that point. Spielberg hasn't done a actual superhero movie. Ask him to come do Superman. Tell him, take this project. Do your do your best, man. Do it and see what happens. Uh, I don't know if he'd be interested or not, but it'd be a hell of a movie if he did. It'd be it'd be something to watch. Talk about I would, it, 
right? Talk about a get. I would say if you can get Vaughn, get Vaughn, but Steven Spielberg as your backup is yeah. a hell of a, a backup. A backup. Right? <laughs> Steven Spielberg coming off your bench is like, are you serious? Um, but no, great fit. Honestly, if it happened, I, I'd be sitting there like, when that trailer drops, I'm going to be, it's going to be mine. I'd probably tear up. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Um, Mark, I know you told us you only had an hour for us. I do not want to keep you um, any longer. This has been an amazing hour. We have gotten so much information. Um, thank you it's so my much. Pleasure. Thank you so much. It's, our, definitely, pleasure. it's <laughs> our pleasure. Absolutely. We definitely have to do this again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Stay, we'll stay in touch and we'll do it again next time. Uh, the, uh, the, there's going to be some plenty of DC news coming out this year, so we'll have plenty to talk about. Absolutely. And I know you are a fan of, of Marvel also, yeah, so maybe we that. can discuss what yes. your thoughts of Homecoming was. Yeah, all that. Yeah, stuff. I love Marvel, so yeah, we'll, let's, let's talk all of it. Sounds yeah, good. All, of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so before I let you go, I just need that, that, um, that drop from you, and then we will have you on your way. Well, this is Mark Hughes, and you're listening to Geek Vibe Radio. Thank you very much, Mark. Well, I appreciate y'all. Take care. And thanks to all your listeners, too. Absolutely. We'll definitely send you the link for you to, to, to share it out, and we'll keep sharing it ourselves. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Geek Vibe Nation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.